Welcome back, Giants fans. Week number 13 game preview against the Miami Dolphins. The Giants come in here at 4-7. and seven. Miami's 5-7, and seven, so they must have one of those weird Week 14 buys because they have not taken off yet, of course, based on the record. Miami, unfortunately, is favored by six points. The news came out a few days ago that Daniel Jones had a neck strain, and the news was all over the place. The news, the news at first was that he's questionable. A half hour later, he might be out for the season. We heard everything. But Daniel Jones, as we know, is out for this game, and we'll see what happens going forward. Mike Glennon is the quarterback on Sunday. That's probably not a good thing. So at least he'll be able to see over the offensive line better than Daniel Jones for obvious reasons. So we have that going for us. Anyway, let's get into the key injuries. Sterling Shepard for the Giants, wide receiver, is out. Quad injury. Same injury for Kadarius Toney. He's out, second straight game. Daniel Jones, as I mentioned, is out for this game. And cornerback Adoree Jackson for the Giants is out. That's probably a big injury because Adoree Jackson probably would have been the guy to guard Jalen Waddle most of the time in this game. So that one definitely sucks and could hurt a lot. Um, no pun intended there. Anyway, for Miami, they have a couple of injuries. Nothing too crazy. I saw that. They're tight end. I think his name's Adam Shaheem is out, and I think that Philip Lindsay, who they picked up from the Texans a couple weeks ago, running back, is doubtful. Not really a big deal, but they have a couple injuries going for them. They don't have Will Fuller. They don't have um, Devontae Parker, two of their better wide receivers, two of their top three. So that's good news for us. But um, yeah, I mean, outside of that, that's pretty much the main injuries here. And with that said, let's get into some of the Miami Dolphins team ranks per game in 2021. So the Dolphins in points per game on offense are 24th in the NFL. Not too great, but probably better than us. 19.5 points per game. The offensive passing yards per game is 17th in the NFL, so that's pretty good. But the, um, well, the Giants can't run the ball either, but the Dolphins, very bad at running the ball. 31st in the NFL in rushing yards per game. So, Miles Gaskin's a good receiving back. He has not been great as a runner this year. They tried uh, Malcolm Brown. He's now out. They had somebody else, I think, at some point. Oh, um, what's his name? Salvan Ahmed, who I think's a decent player, but it's tough behind this offensive line for Miami. They stink, too. For Miami's defense, they allow 23.3 points per game. That's 19th in the NFL. Their defensive passing yards allowed per game, they're 28th in the NFL. So they have good names and good players in their secondary, as we know, but they allow a lot of passing yards. Defensive rushing yards per game, they're 10th best in the NFL. So they're good against the run, not good against the pass. Not what I expected, but that's what the stats say. Now, some of the stats for the Dolphins are skewed, I will say, because the first seven-ish games of the year... The Dolphins had a thing going where they were not blitzing opponents. I don't know why. And then all of a sudden, they started blitzing opponents a lot more, and their defense has been a lot better. And Miami, as we know, is on a four-game win streak, could make it five here. This is a team that has a chance to make a late playoff push if things go right. They have a pretty easy schedule to end the year as well. So they play the, they play the Giants. I think they play the Jets coming up and some other trash teams. So they have a chance here if, uh, if things break right for them with the rest of the teams around the uh, AFC. So as for the game notes, Miami has... Well, they have won four in a row, looking for five in a row, as I mentioned here. Those wins came against the Houston Texans. That's not very impressive. Shit, we can beat them, honestly. Versus Baltimore is pretty impressive on Thursday. That was a big win for them. Defense played tremendously in that game. They won at the Jets by seven. I remember the Jets missed two field goals that game, so that could have changed things. And they beat Carolina 33-10 to last week. Uh, they had a special teams touchdown. Cam Newton had like a five quarterback rating, so... 
It could be Cam Newton's stinks for the secondary was great. Maybe it was a mixture of both there, but... All right, so, yeah, the Giants are playing a team that's hot right now. We know that, and the Giants have to play a pretty turnover-free game and win the, you know, field position battle, all that boring stuff that we as Giants fans have just been so accustomed to because we can't watch an exciting offense, as we know, and it probably won't get much better with Mike Glennon at quarterback. Now, for Miami's defense, some advanced numbers here. They are 10th in the NFL in turnover percentage, so drives that end in turnovers. Miami's defense is producing turnovers this year. Miami's defense blitzes 38.4% of the time. That is the second most in the NFL, so they definitely like to blitz the hell out of their opponents. And with our offensive line and with Mike Glennon, that might not go well. And the receivers on our team probably won't get much separation because our best separators are out in Sterling Shepard and Kadarius Toney. Kenny Galladay is not known as a separator. And our other receivers are just not that great right now. So that's pretty unfortunate for us. Not, not a good matchup there. Miami's defense is 7th in pressure percentage. Once again, not good versus a bad offensive line. They have good players. They have Christian Wilkins and Emmanuel Ogba. Andrew Van, Andrew Van Ginkle, his name is. He looks like Clay Matthews. It's kind of racist, but he looks like Clay Matthews. But um, they have some guys in their defensive line that are good players. And they have Jerome Baker at linebacker who can create pressure as well. So they have guys that create pressure on that team. The Giants offensive line has to play well. That's definitely a key to success in this game. So covering Jalen Waddle without Adoree Jackson, that is a tall task in this game because, you know, I think uh, Chris the Entertainer mentioned this and he's right. Adoree Jackson, when the Giants played the Chiefs a few Mondays ago, was on Tyreek Hill a lot. And Tyreek Hill, I'm not saying that Jalen Waddle is Tyreek Hill, but they are somewhat comparable. So if Adoree Jackson was healthy for this game, you'd have to think that Adoree Jackson, who has been having a really good year, would be on Jalen Waddle. And Jalen Waddle's been on a tear lately. He had a phenomenal game last week against Carolina. They have a good defense. So... It might be Aaron Robinson, the third-round rookie on him most of the game, because I don't see James Bradbury being the right matchup for Jalen Waddle. Yes, Bradbury's our best cornerback right now due to the Adoree Jackson injury, but in terms of matchups, I think Aaron Robinson might be a better matchup. He says he has more quickness than James Bradbury does, and a guy like Jalen Waddle is very twitchy. He can make moves very quickly, and I don't think uh, James Bradbury, who's more of an outside corner, would deal with that too well in the slot. So I think it might be more Aaron Robinson. You might see some Julian Love on him, which probably won't go well, but it's going to be a tall task to, to guard him. I would not mind if the Giants kind of double-teamed him in a way, if that's possible, because I feel like they kind of need that to happen, because Waddle's the type of guy that can change an entire game. He went top 10 in the draft for a reason, as we know, and he's been playing very well lately. So I would expect a low-scoring game. I saw the over-under was 41 uh, yesterday. It might be like 39.5 now because Glennon's the starter. So, yeah, I mean, this, this game is going to be a boring, like, I think it's 17-14 written all over. I, I think Miami or the Giants will win this game 17-14. That's my prediction. I don't know who's going to win. You would hope Miami wins because they have you know, a lot more guys healthy. They have their quarterback healthy, but um, I could see a scenario where the Giants play really good defense and win this game 17-14. Maybe Mike Lennon has a drive or two, and you know, maybe Saquon Barkley makes a big play, a big run. You never know. So those things could happen. It, it sounds like a very low scoring. I do not expect a 35-31 tight finish. Probably not going to happen. I could see a scenario where the Giants defense gets run down because the Giants offense is doing nothing, and then Miami goes on a big run in the fourth quarter, and they win this game like 
13, that type of score. But I don't see the Giants scoring over like 20 points. I don't see that happening. I hope it does. That'd be great. But I just, it's hard to imagine versus defense playing this well. I just remembered this, but Patrick Graham, this is a revenge game for him. He was once the DC, I believe, for the Dolphins. He knows Brian Flores, once coached under him. So hopefully there is a revenge narrative that kind of add some fuel to the fire there for Patrick Graham, who has called some masterful games in the past, and we kind of need one here again because our offense will once again be limited. So, of course, it's tough on our defense here. As I mentioned, the Giants need a big Saquon Barkley game. Um, you would think that the Dolphins, if they were smart, would load the box more and force Mike Glennon to beat them, but... If that's not the case, Saquon Barkley, even through the air, has to have a big game in this one. If Saquon can have 150 yards from scrimmage, maybe score a touchdown, maybe two, um, it would give the Giants a much better shot at winning this game, obviously, because Kenny Galladay, like last week against Darius Slay, is going to be in a tough matchup, whether it's Byron Jones or whether it's Xavier Howard. It's going to be a tough matchup for him. It's going to be a tough matchup for the other wide receiver on the outside, Darius Slayton, because they have two good outside corners. Even their slot corner, Justin Coleman, who had a nice season, uh, season or two, with the Detroit Lions a few years back, I like him as well. So the Giants receivers in the slot they don't have an easy matchup either. So the Giants, not the Giants, the Dolphins secondary, the Giants too, but the Dolphins secondary is pretty damn legit. They have a rookie, Javon Holland, second round pick out of Oregon, I believe, or Oregon, however you want to pronounce it. He's been phenomenal lately. Like he got off to like a bit of a slow start, I feel like, but he's been just crazy good. He's always around the ball. Him and Xavier McKinney are some of the better young safeties in football. We get to see that on display, so that's fun. But um, definitely fearful of that guy because he knows how to create turnovers, and the Giants are not afraid to give away turnovers. Next, we have covering Mike Gusecki. Mike Gusecki is the tight end, I think, from Notre Dame, I'm pretty sure. The Giants have one in Kyle Rudolph, and you know that we have the washed-up version. They have the young and explosive version here. So, yeah, Mike Gusecki is a very good red zone option. He is a vertical threat for a tight end, and... The Giants have been better versus tight ends, I must say. Um, I think Julian Love will be asked to do a lot against him. Maybe Logan Ryan. Obviously, no more Jabril Peppers there. And Xavier McKinney might be asked to guard him sometimes as well. So the Giants have some guys on defense that can hopefully limit him. But I've seen Mike Gusecki at big games before and kind of you know, wreck a game, and hopefully this is not one of those times. Like, they have guys that can beat you, and thank God they don't have Will Fuller to take the top off the defense, and um, Devontae Parker is just another clone of uh, Kenny Galladay, basically. So, you know, not having them to fear is definitely good. They have a wide receiver, Preston Williams, a guy who I like. He got in trouble in college, and he fell in the draft to, like, the seventh round or undrafted, maybe. He's a talented player. He just never put it all together because of injuries, but he's a good player as well. He's kind of built like Josh Gordon in a way, just has not put it together yet. So um, that's a guy that I'm scared of as well. They have Albert Wilson in Miami. He's a wide receiver formerly with the Chiefs. I've, I've always been a big Albert Wilson guy. I always draft him in fantasy football for a couple years. Never came to fruition, but a very good athlete. He was good on that Thursday game against uh, against the Ravens a few weeks back. So Albert Wilson definitely has some juice and he can make some big plays happen. So Miami, despite not having two of their top three wide receivers, they have weapons and they have a quarterback who's playing very well right now, I must say. Tua Tungavailoa in the past month here, according to NFL on CBS's Twitter, hopefully they're telling the truth here, 
So over the past month, once again, so basically all November, completion percentage in the NFL, he has an 80.5 completion percentage. That's first in the NFL, a passer rating of 110, fourth in the NFL in the past month, yards per attempt, 8.5. That's actually very surprising because he's more of a dump down type of guy, I feel like. So he's second in the NFL right there in that category and win percentage, because sometimes that's a quarterback stat, is 1,000, tied for first. So um, yeah, Tua Tungvaloa, you can think about him the way you want. I've always considered him a game manager type guy, um, but he's been playing excellent, and I'm actually very surprised, and I'm happy for him in a way. I feel like a lot of people, whether it's Dolphins fans or maybe even Dolphins management at some point, wanted to quit on that kid, but he's playing well. Hopefully he can kind of save his career there. Um, I am a lefty, so I kind of feel like I'm related to him in a way definitely makes no sense but yeah I do root for the lefties but yeah Tua is playing much better football lately and I'm I'm happy for him I must say I'm happy for him and I hope he has a down game here hopefully he maybe throws us a couple interceptions but the guy's been playing well lately he's on a tear but so is the Giants defense so it's going to be a hot quarterback not physically but a hot quarterback versus a hot defense and Let's see what happens. So it will be a fun game, and, you know, hopefully it's a fun game because I do expect it to be low-scoring, but hopefully it's a fun, low-scoring game where it's a fun defensive battle and a couple of plays on offense maybe change the entire complexity of the game. Sometimes those games are enjoyable, and this could be one of those games. Now, Miami's offensive line, they stink. I mean, their highest-graded PFF player is their right guard. I think it's Robert Hunt. That's the guy who did the flip, actually, I think, on that Thursday night game against the Ravens. That epic player didn't count. He has a 61 grade this year. That's their highest-rated player, which is not good. Liam Eikenberg, left tackle, rookie. Hasn't played well. Austin Jackson's now a left guard. He was the guy at USC a lot of Giants fans wanted a couple years back. He stinks. They got uh, Austin Ryder, another guy Giants fans, even myself included, honestly, wanted to take a shot on. The former Chief center, he stinks so far this year. And a right tackle I've never heard of, this is Jesse Davis. I'm, I don't know who that is, but Jesse Davis has a 52 grade. Miami's offensive line is just as bad as ours. You could argue worse, honestly, because they don't have a left tackle. I know left tackle is different when you have a lefty quarterback, but their right tackle, as I mentioned, is not good either. So their offensive line is in worse shape than ours, Miami. So not much of an excuse for the offensive line this week, as we always make as Giants fans. But yeah, their offensive line is bad. So I will say, though, did some research on NFL Next Gen stats, and Tua Tungavailoa is the third quarterback at getting the ball out of his hands quickly. So he's only trailing Ben Roethlisberger and Tom Brady, two old heads that are pocket passers. He's third. He's in front of Mac Jones, in front of Davis Mills. It's a lot of just unathletic white guys on this list. Then you have Tua, but he has to get the ball out quickly because the offensive line's so damn bad. He gets the ball out of his hands on an average of 2.53 seconds. And the leader is Ben Roethlisberger at 2.43. So Tua gets the ball, makes a read or two, throws the ball. It's not going to be nothing like there's not much downfield stuff. There's not, you know, there's not much of that. It's a lot of quick passing concepts. And, you know, sometimes when that happens, some balls are tipped in the air and the Giants secondary can make some plays. And hopefully that's the case. You know, sometimes if a little thing is off and a guy gets a hand on the ball, that can change an entire play or an entire drive. So hopefully that's the outcome. So that will do it for this video. I do expect a low-scoring game once again. Hopefully you guys enjoyed. I don't know why I acted so goofy in this video, but I'm just in a funny mood. I'm having a good hair day, so I'm feeling good about that. But that's that's all I got going for me. Usually I'm probably terrible to look at. So anyway, hopefully you guys enjoyed this video, and I'll talk to you guys next time.